1: Hello and welcome to the program, Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and we're going to have a wonderful show for you today. We're going to be talking about Listen Knows What to Do and also Transformers, The Last Night. And right now we're going to talk to Jolene about the new Pixar film Cars 3. Thank you so much, Jolene, for joining us. Thank you for having me. Alright, this All is right, the, the third film, film in the Cars trilogy, so um, tell us a bit about what you thought of it, and does it live up to the legacy of the other Cars films?
2: The, the plotline for this took a very sharp turn. I had no idea it was coming. Um, but yeah, I feel like it does live up to the legacy of the other Cars movies. But it's kind of sad, because I don't want to give away any spoilers, but I feel like something's going to come to an end.
1: No, when the trailer came out, I mean, you have Cars is known for being like a happy, fun racing film, of comedy, and everything. And then you come out with the Cars 3 trailer and you see Lightning McQueen, like, spinning out of control and falling on the ground. And sparks are flying. It's just like, whoa, something's going mm-hmm. down. So yeah. um, when you saw this film, was it not necessarily like... And morbid, hopefully, but like it's kind of like what Toy Story 3 did, where it went a bit more serious and became even a little bit darker than the other films.
2: Yeah, I feel like that's exactly what this film was like.
1: What made it a little bit more serious and a bit, um, a bit more serious, but also amusing?
2: They, they go back to talk about the death of Doc Hudson, his um, former chief yeah, his former chief and um, mentor, and um, it kind of gets sad because he remembers the fun times with him. But he also he also breaks down because he needs his help, but he's not there. So it's kind of it's kind of uh, a really deep deep
1: story. Seems very deep. Now, um, what is this film? Because uh, a lot of the, the first film we had a wonderful kind of like fish out of water story. And then we had the second film, which was a spy film, which came out of nowhere. What does this film teach kids?
2: Um, it teaches kids to, like, don't fall under peer pressure and don't let anyone define you. Don't def- don't let anyone define who you are. And it's up to you. You can define yourself. And, for example, um, Cruz, Cruz Ramirez... She was told by everyone that she couldn't be a racer, and she let that define her. But the story is teaching you that you should not do that.
1: That's very good. A very good message to teach kids. Now, tell us a bit about the animation, because Pixar animation is always out of this world.
2: Yeah, um, the, the animation is really lifelike. For example, the scene where Lightning McQueen crashes, I would say, like, I feel like they they have to have based that off of a real car crashing because yeah. that's just incredibly detailed. I mean,
1: I thought it was a fan made like trailer because it looked like it was a live action cars film. Like we're gonna do we're gonna do cars, but live action. Like it, it looked absolutely spectacular. But uh, tell us a bit about the animation and like because uh, when you see the second trailer, it looks like it's 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 a traditional CGI. Kind of animation that we're used to uh so are, are we gonna expect some like high speed beautiful races like we did in the previous films
2: yes um i feel like the animation didn't change much but there is there is a lot of different animations for fast cars because more fast cars come in so they did something with the animation, like there are lines or something, but I'm not sure, but you can really see the speed, and um, I feel like it, the animation really improved from the other Cars movies.
1: Well, wonderful. Well, this is, um, it just sounds interesting, because I was really skeptical about this film, because Cars is definitely really my favorite film out of the Pixar series, but um, it just seems like interesting, I may want to go check it out. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions, I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and this show is sponsored by Alyssa Knows What to Do. We're gonna continue our conversation with Jolene about Cars 3. So um Jolene, I was t- talking about that Cars 3 was never my favorite series out of the Pixar universe. Um what what is your opinion on the previous Cars films?
2: Um the pre I actually really, really enjoyed the previous Cars films. I feel like they taught really important messages and I feel like the I feel like the plot line was really really cool as well. I feel like it's different from other Pixar Pixar movies.
1: It's definitely different. I have a friend who is obsessed with Cars. It's his favorite Pixar film and he loves it and he can't wait to go and he's already seen the film and he's so excited. He wants to take me. Because he wants to see it like multiple times, because he loved it. Now, uh, what does this film do differently than what the other? Because we talked about the tone has changed; it's a bit more serious, and it can be a bit more endearing than the other films. Like what? But what other changes, and what makes this film unique from the other Cars films?
2: I feel like there's definitely more of a gender change-ish. I feel like they included more girl cars than the other films, and um, this movie is also more about um, girl empowerment. So they definitely, I feel like they added way more girl car characters into this movie than the other Cars movies.
1: I'm glad. Oh, that's a that's great to hear because Disney has been pushing more and more like feminist mes- messages in their films and it's that's always, that's always great to see because I feel like especially in today's Hollywood we don't have enough we, we, just, we tend to stereotype many minority groups in film and television and mm-hmm. a lot of that has to do with casting and producing and it's great that we are able to just like break boundaries and tear down doors for stereotypes in my, for minorities in filming because it's just a great way to push messages in our movies especially for kids yeah now what would you say is your favorite character in the film
2: my favorite character is actually Cruz Ramirez because I feel like she is a very strong character a very strong female character in the movie and um she is basically the character who works very hard every day but she didn't achieve her goal and I feel like that's a change in Pixar movies because usually if you work very hard, you achieve your goals. But here, they taught that she didn't achieve her goals because she didn't believe in herself. So they're teaching kids that you need to have hard work, but you also need to believe in yourself. So that's why I like Cruz, because she realized that.
1: That's a great message because sometimes, because you get the basic message. like, work hard and everything will work out. But you know, sometimes... Sometimes your hardest doesn't give you the result you have, you the result you want, but at least you tried your best and you just need to believe in yourself. So, again, very endearing messages to teach kids. Now, what would you say, do you feel like there's going to be more Cars films or do you feel like this is, like, they're done? This is, a, this is the final chapter for Lightning McQueen and Mater?
2: I think this is the final, the final movie. Yeah, once you watch it, you'll probably know why.
1: Yeah, can't wait to see it. Now, one question I'm I'm very curious about is that we live in an entertainment world full of sequels, prequels, remakes, reboots, and Cars 3 is another example of the sequel craze. Since you've seen the other Cars films, do you feel like there was a purpose for this film? Do you feel like this this film was necessary to continue the story of our favorite car characters? Uh,
2: Yes, I definitely feel like this is... This is very important to continue the the car series because most viewers would think, "Oh, what happened after that?" So, I feel like this really sets it and you'll know what happens after that and after that. And it's talking about the change of generation once you like get older and then the rookies come in, and I feel like they showed the viewers the pattern and then the viewers will be satisfied with the with this movie.
1: Well, I'm very happy to hear that, Jolene. Now, I really can't wait to see it. Jolene, before we go to break, can you say um, what is the age range and how many stars do you give this film? I give
2: this five out of five stars. I really enjoyed this movie. The age range, four to 16, because I feel like um, younger kids would enjoy it because of the animation and, oh, their cars, they're talking. But I feel like older um, kids would enjoy this as well because of the story and the meaning behind it.
1: Well, fantastic. Well, thank you so much for talking about Cars 3. It has been a pleasure. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Well, ladies and gentlemen, rev up your engines and head to the movie theater because this film is out in theaters now, so please go check it out. With that said, let's take a break. I'm your host, Kiva Blakesley, and this show is sponsored by Elisa Knows What to Do Season 1.
0: tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up.
4: Hey, and welcome back. I am Morgan Breanne Birch, age 12, currently in sunny L.A., and you are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We have been talking about some fantastic things, such as Cars Number 3, and we'll be talking about Transformers, and later we'll be talking about Alyssa Knows What to Do Season 1, and also Hearing is Believing, as well as My Resilient Heart. And hold on. So right now, let's talk to Nathaniel, who is in Boulder, Colorado, and is 11 years old, about Transformers The Last Night. So how are you today? Uh, I am good. How are you? I'm doing terrific. So I know that the Transformers The Last Night is one of the fantastic films in the Transformers series. So have you seen any of the other prior Transformers films?
5: I have only seen one. The funny thing is, I hadn't gotten the request to do the movie. Well, I just got the request after I watched the first one. But I am going to watch the other three, other than the first and the fifth one, because it kind of left some details out, but I still understood it.
4: So that's good. So like, people who haven't seen a lot of the Transformers films will be able to understand this one
5: clearly, you think? I think they'll be fine even if they haven't watched the first movie, but you don't really need to know about it to know that it's a really good movie and that it's interesting. So that's good, because there
4: are a lot of different things going on, and I know that the Transformers has come a long way, for sure, and there's definitely a lot of different characters, and they have kept a few new ones, and the cast has changed quite a bit over time. So, from the one that you watched prior to this one, have you noticed some of the changes between
5: the cast members? And if so, can you recognize any of them? Actually, I think that the whole cast changed, it, except for the tra- some of the Transformers. The main character used to be a younger teenager, but then and he was in for the first three movies, but then it switched to an older man in the fourth and fifth. But they are different people, and they are played by different actors, which I think is interesting, and I like it. Yeah, because we have a huge cast. We have Anthony
4: Hopkins, Mark Wahlberg, and the cast just goes on and on and on, honestly, for everybody who is fantastic. And it's terrific to see how they can be able to change films but keep a main basis, and it's really amazing that they're able to do such a fantastic job with cast members and such. What did you think about all the emotions and everything? Because this film, I've heard, is actually very different to the rest because it does have a lot of eager emotions going on. So did you enjoy
5: that? Uh, I think that it was interesting because I don't exactly enjoy movies without emotion because people are just sitting there like, oh, I am going to do this and that, and I'm just like, uh, this movie doesn't have any content, it's boring. Yeah, that's true. So that is actually fantastic
4: that they're doing that, and that's really nice. That's good addition as well. And also, what was your favorite character in this film?
5: I really like one of the main Transformers, Bumblebee. One of the cool things about him is he can't really speak like the other transformers can but he has to use audio clips and uh, like from different people talking over the radio and i think he might have saved it but it's interesting because he can say different things from different songs and news reports and i just think that it's a cool fun thing to have included in it i love bumblebee as well he's one of
4: my personal favorite characters so that's actually really cool So you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. Today we're talking about some fantastic and magnificent things on the show today, such as cars three right now we are talking about transformers later we'll be talking about the wonderful Alyssa knows what to do season one also hearing is believing my resilient heart and hold on and right now we are going to be talking about transformers with nathaniel who is 11 years old in Bar- boulder colorado so let's continue with the interview we were just talking about Bumblebee and how he speaks through the radio. So, speaking about the other Fantastic Transformers, what did you think about their parts
5: in the film? Well, from the trailer, you can turn, uh, you can realize that uh, the leader of the Autobots, Optimus Prime, has turned evil, and uh, they gave him a cool name for when, when he's evil, and it's Nemesis Prime. It was just interesting because it was weird and. It made you feel different emotions once the good characters are turned into the bad characters like in other movies that I've seen. And it just makes you get more involved and you want the, the character that was good to become good again. So it just is a fantastic way of getting the fans interested and drawn into the
4: movie. Well, that's nice to hear. And also, I know that there is supposed to be a lot of action
5: and adventure in this film. So do you agree? Did you think that there was a lot of action and adventure? Yeah, it was by Michael Bay. And as some people have told me, he's famous for all the movies that he directed. There are usually a lot of explosions in it. So there was a lot of action, and it was very fast-paced. But something about that is this film just kind of has a lot of stuff going on. So, it just makes it a bit, like, hard to keep up with it, unless you, like, really pay attention. So, that's one thing that's kind of a downside, but it's not really, because you just have to pay attention, and it will all make sense. Wow, so, speaking about
4: paying attention, I know that there is a lot of eye candy, because everybody who loves robots as well as graphics will probably love this film, so... Speaking about that, how are the graphics in this film?
5: I think that they're pretty good. And, well, I liked the way that they uh, made, like, uh, the Transformers. Like, once they transform, it's really interesting to watch. And there are also different things that look cool. And I heard this thing. It's also very high definition. And... Well, I was researching for my reviews. I was I watched this video that was about it, and it said that the Transformers series had been paired with IMAX, and they gave them like uh, these really cool cameras, and like it kind of took the movie to a new level because it was amazing filming, and they did great shots. And it's on all of the movies that they've been paired with IMAX, and it's really cool because you can see people sliding down buildings, and the camera follows them, and also the special effects make it cool, so you can see people sliding down buildings, even though they actually aren't.
4: Yes, that's one of the fantastic things about green screen and the technology that we have today. And speaking about sliding down
5: buildings and everything, what was your favorite scene in the film? It's kind of hard to remember one of my favorite scenes, but I really did like one scene like that I really liked, but it would be a spoiler. But I just liked a lot of the scenes and I thought it was overall interesting. So I guess I'm not going to pick a favorite scene. Well, that's terrific. And also, what would you say the age range for this film would be? I think that it's maybe 10 to 18. And because it has a lot, it has some cursing and it has some adult jokes, but, and there's a lot of action and explosions. But if the, if a younger kid was more mature, then he could probably deal with it. So, yeah. And the rating I have for it, I think I give it 5 out of 5 stars. Even if it does have a lot of stuff, it's still a really great movie. Well, thank you so much for this interview. It was fantastic
4: talking to you. Thank you. Let's take a break. I am Morgan Brea Birch, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. And today's show is sponsored by the wonderful Alyssa Knows What to Do Season 1.
1: Hello and welcome back to the program, Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and we just got done talking about Transformers and also Cars 3. We're going to continue the show talking about Hearing is Believing, Alisa Knows What to Do, Season 1, and also Holding On, and The Resilient Heart. Right now, I'm here with Callista about Alisa Knows What to Do, which is our sponsor for today. So, Calista, tell us a bit about this show and what it teaches kids.
6: So this show is, well, it's technically like an adaptation of a Russian book series. And it's a sci-fi series about a group of teenagers in this sort of, like, different, like, sci-fi galaxy, like, going through and solving prob- solving problems and fighting evil. And they do deal with the environment a lot, so I guess you could say it's sort of trying to teach kids about environmental protection, which I actually do really appreciate because, as much as it might not seem like it in real life, I actually do really want this earth, this earth to stay good. I don't want it to be polluted.
1: I think you speak for many people on this earth right now who want to make this to want to go green and want to come together so that we uh, all countries come together so that we are not killing the earth as much as we are right now. So in this climate not only physical and political, we would like that. Anyway Yes. We're gonna continue talking about the show. So um what do you say what makes the show different from other kids' television shows?
6: I kinda pride myself on knowing a lot about media and a lot of other things that people don't know about. And I guess you could kinda call the show an edutainment show. A show that's trying to be entertaining and educational. And from what I know, edutainment like things in general are do get a bad rap for failing in the entertainment part, but I actually could consider this show pretty enjoyable. From the first episode I saw, I was actually pretty engaged, and I, I, because I didn't know what to expect with this show. I knew it was foreign, and I knew it was sci-fi, and that's pretty much all I knew about it, but watching the first show and everything, I started saying to myself, you know, this
1: is actually pretty good. Well, I feel like what you're saying about edutainment, I think like what edutainment fails is that Not, 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 the messages that they're promoting, while noble, can be considered patronizing, especially in kids' media. Do you feel like, correct me if I'm wrong, is this show, this this show is not patronizing whatsoever. It actually does weave its message into a fairly entertaining entertaining and even admirable show.
6: Yeah, I I feel like it isn't patronizing. You know, even as someone who is going into high school next year, I found this... I didn't really feel like it was trying to talk down to kids, which is something that I have a problem with a lot of the time when watching things on, like, Cartoon Network or Nickelodeon. It's hard for me to find shows that I like on those because that's what they do all
1: the time. But that's that brings up a good point because shows like this can show that... I, you you share this passion with me is that I hate kid shows that are so patronizing to kids because the kids deserve more. Kids deserve entertainment that teaches them good morals or also... Treating them maturely, because kids deserve that. Yes,
6: this is something that I have that I feel like I have to yell. You don't have to like have all this childish humor, like, oh, we need to talk down to these kids, or else they won't pay attention. No, you can make a show that's entertaining and teaching them good morals at the same time, which yeah. is something that I feel like the show does really good. This is probably one of the best examples for good edutainment that I've ever seen.
1: Well, can you go into more specifics on how this show does that, please?
6: Well, I previously mentioned how the show does deal with the environment a lot. And I previously mentioned how, you know, it is a good thing to, I do feel like it is a good thing to teach kids about how it is a good, how it is good to, you know, make sure that we keep our environment, how we protect our environment, how we make sure not to pollute our water. And there's, I'm sure there's a lot more things I can bring up. But yeah, I feel like, and, it's, and the thing is, though, this is something that I really wish more shows could would do. It's very subtle. It doesn't, like, slam it in your face. Hey, protect, protect the environment. It, it's a good example of show, don't tell. I feel like the show does a good job explaining environmental protection without shoving it in your face. And I do feel like the characters are likable enough and the setting is incredibly creative enough to make me actually want to stay invested so
1: and how many stars and what is the age range for the show
6: i'd give it a three out of five and i would probably give it around maybe a six through twelve because even though i found it entertaining i mean kids around my age probably won't but hey maybe i'm just more (laughs) open-minded
1: No, that's perfect. Sounds like a great show, and I'm very happy that you share our same passion for quality children's media, and that's what Kids First stands for. Plug. Yes, I agree. Well, thank you so much, um, Callista, for talking about Alisa Elisa Knows Everything. No, sorry. No, Alisa knows, knows What everything. to Do. She doesn't know everything, but she knows what to do. Yeah. I don't know everything, but I don't know what to do. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much, and um, be sure to go check out this show. It's on DVD, so go check it out, and check out your local listings. Watch more of the show. With that said, you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host Keeper Blakesley, and this show is sponsored by Elisa Knows What to Do, Season One. And we're going to continue this segment talking to Morgan, Morgan. About, about, hearing about hearing. Is this new documentary? It seems very interesting. So, Morgan, tell us a bit about what this documentary is about.
4: Well, thank you, Kiefer. Um- Hearing is Believing is about the one and only Rachel Flowers, and she is basically a person who is blind, but she is able to basically perfect. She is able to pitch perfect, is the only words to describe her. She is fantastic. And I absolutely loved meeting her, and it was fantastic being able to meet her, and also her fantastic mother named Jeannie Flowers. And they are fantastic people, honestly. And it was being able to also meet the filmmaker, Lorenzo Stefano, and being able to hear what they had to say was fantastic.
1: So you got to meet the person this uh, documentary was about. Tell us a bit about how that experience was.
4: That experience was fantastic, honestly. I got to hear everything that they had to say, and Rachel is just a fantastic person, is the ways to put it. She is pitch perfect, and you can be able to hear everything that she's able to say. And she has so many awe-inspiring words, and she's an inspiration to many young women out there who want to be able to be singers or be able to be musicians and are also blind. And no, she is no. able to play the piano, the saxophone. She can sing. She was able to actually sing for me alone with her mother. She's also able to play the guitar. She's played with multiple bands. She plays by herself. She is able to basically repeat any song. And you just love that about her character, Her character. And she is such a personality as well. She's very charismatic and ready for anything.
1: Now cuz documentary is is an absolutely amazing genre because it it's different from narrative films because narrative films find creative ways to tell stories but this is just some this is a, a execution of storytelling that some narrative films just don't produce so how does documentary how is the execution of a documentary like different from a narrative why is documentary the perfect outlet to tell the story in your mind?
4: Because it tells her story and her mother's story. And it tells it in such a different way because honestly, the best way you can be able to tell a story is through the eyes of somebody. You can't tell it through somebody else. Like you have to tell it through somebody's person. Like you have, basically what I'm trying to say is you have to tell it through the eyes of that person and have to tell it through their perspective so it's being able to see what they're seeing and being able to see their life is the way to see it and that's the best way you can be able to tell it plus there's no graphics there's no add-ons it's a documentary so you're able to see the truth and that's what's the best part about this
1: i would totally agree with you because that's what documentaries is with films narrative films it's from the eye of the director or producer to create the film with documentaries. It's the eye of the person themselves and they tell their story. We just point, directors just point a camera to them and they tell the story throughout the world. So that's even more impactful and powerful. So what do you feel that this documentary represents for people out there who wanna be musicians and just for dreamers all over the world?
4: It would have to definitely probably represent so many different things. Like it would have to represent that people can do anything And they can be able to basically set their mind on a goal, and they can be able to do it. Like, Rachel, she actually wasn't even in it for fame. She just decided, okay, you know what? I have a connection to music. I want to be able to play. And turns out that her story was she was always one of the youngsters. She was always, like, the run of the litter. She never she always learned slower than everybody else. But then once she got the connection to music, she actually started speeding up and she was able to connect with that. And that's what really helped her along the journey. And so I think that's really able to help musicians is to tell them that, you know, you can do anything and you can don't say you can't because can't is not a word in anybody's dictionary. And she's also different because she's blind and she's pitch perfect. And she's also, she can be able, she can't see anything. So she can be able to play everything, from opera to um jazz, from anything, as a matter of fact. She loves all kinds of different genres and music, and she was able to sing a couple of genres with me and her mother, and I was able to adore that, as a matter of fact. And she said that she loves being able to sing, and it's fantastic hearing her story through the eyes of her and her mother.
1: Well it's it's a very inspiring story and I feel like it's great that they made a film about this to be able to like show the world this incredible talent that Rachel is. So, um how many stars would you give this and what would you say is the age range?
4: Oh my goodness, I would definitely have to say that I give this five out of five. I can give Sit Pitch Perfect Stars. And I would say that the age range for this would probably be around I would say about seven. And to 18, 7 to 18 would be good, because 7-year-olds will probably adore Rachel. They'll think that her personality is very bubbly, and they'll really like the story. But kids who are younger than that will be like, oh, this, they won't, like, understand it that well. And other than that, um, kids who are older will definitely really enjoy this and will really love the message, and so will adults as
1: well. Well, I'm very pleased to talk to you about this film. Thank you so much, Morgan, for talking about Hearing is Believing. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for talking with me, Keeper, and I hope to see you soon in the future hope to see you soon if you want to check out the screening for this this is one of those films where it's really there's selected screenings so if you want to check out where you can watch this amazing documentary go to www.hearingisbelieving.com and look up the screenings you'll be able to check out well multiple screen, screenings all over the world to be able to check out this magnificent documentary with that said let's take a break i'm your host keeper Placey, and this show is sponsored by elisa knows what to do season one
0: Hey and welcome back. I am Morgan Brian Birch here at Sunny
4: LA, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We have been talking about some fantastic things, such as the one and only Cars Three, Transformers: The Last Night, Alyssa Knows What to Do Season One. Who is our sponsor for the day? Hearing is believing, and we are going to be talking about the, my resilient heart, and also holding on, let's start the interview with Samantha on My Resilient Heart. Also, Samantha is 17 and in Los Angeles, and I know that this is a fantastic film, so what was your perspective about this film?
3: My perspective about this film, originally watching it, I didn't know really what the screening was about until I got there, and Tay Diggs from Empire was talking about the premise of it, and it's basically about living healthy, promoting heart safety. So when I was watching the film, since it's a documentary, the director was talking about how they went to different countries. They went to Colombia. They went to Granada. And it's based on a true story of Dr. Valentine Fuster, who's a world-renowned cardiologist, and he works with kids all across the country and adults to try and promote heart safety and a better lifestyle. So I really enjoyed the film because of that. Because we really do need to take care of ourselves and learn more about that. Because I think we all know what it means to be healthy, but we don't really put it into practice in this film. After seeing it, it just made me want to take action and want to take care of myself, too.
4: Yes, because we do all need to take care of ourselves very deeply. And also, how would you take care of yourself as well as your heart? Because your heart is a vital organism in your body.
3: Right. Originally watching that, I wasn't actually sure, but it's quite simple. All you have to do is exercise, eat right, and make sure to avoid lots of stress, because I didn't know that heart disease was the number one killer. There have been so many deaths because of it, and Dr. Fuster said that the easiest way to prevent heart disease and try to take care of yourself is just behavior. Just, you know, avoid as much stress as you can. I know it's hard with school and everything, There's a lot of stress that are put on so many people, but, you know, if we start earlier, because he works with some kids as young as five years old, and he follows them around for 10 to 15 years, and he really tries to instill good behavior in them. And if we do that, and we work together with our friends and family, it's very easy to be healthy. It's just, it's hard to start, but once you do, it's really easy.
4: Yes, because everybody needs to have that little boost of energy. And, you know, once we get started, it's always easy, especially when you have your friends and family to help you. So for sure, this is definitely a great documentary. So what did you think about the way that they filmed it?
3: You know, I thought it was really unique how they filmed it. I've seen a lot of documentaries before, but this one was different because they actually... When they were filming the documentary, they went to the different countries and the camera. I I know they did this on purpose, but while they were filming it, it was kind of shaking because they were walking a lot. And I thought it was just—it seemed so natural. It didn't actually feel like I was watching a movie because most movies, you know, there's there's so much that goes into them. There was a lot that went into this too, but the fact that you know the camera was shaking—it wasn't perfect—and I really enjoyed that.
4: Yeah, because sometimes you see movies and you're like, oh, that was so pitch perfect, but sometimes it's good to get a little bit out of there and be able to see something that has a little bit of the kinks and flaws and quirks, which is actually nice. So what was the most shocking fact that you got to learn when you were being able to watch this film? Because it seems like they taught you a lot of different things.
3: Right. I think that the most shocking fact was... Just for me, I did not know who Dr. Valentine Fuster was, and I didn't know how much good he was doing in this world. I I had no idea, and he just does so much. He gets up at four thirty every morning. He works seven days a week. He's always working, and he loves helping others. And you know, they had a lot of, like I said before, heart disease is the number one killer. I think that was the the most shocking fact. It was also quite shocking to see. How many people were motivated to join in his endeavors? because when he went to communities and he decided in poorer countries like he went to Kenya for example, they just had they were all lined up and they would just give them advice, they would work with them. And it was so surprising to see how many people were actually willing to you know talk to him and to work with him for such a long period of time, which I think is really great. What would be the age range for this film? I think that the age range would probably be kids ages 5 to 18, because he does work with really young kids, and you're never too young to learn how to be proactive with your lifestyle and learn how to live a healthy life. And adults would really enjoy it, too, because, you know, like Dr. Fuster says, it's easy for kids, but it's harder for adults, but you know, once we all start, we're all the same. So I would say anybody could really watch it, but probably five to 18 and
4: and adults. Gotcha. Definitely. And how many stars would you give this film?
3: I would give it a five out of five stars because I love the originality of it. I think that we need more movies that promote, you know, healthy lifestyle and that have such an empowering message and that can get people involved. And More people really do need to know what Dr. Fooster is doing because it's great.
4: So I really enjoyed the film. Well, thank you so much. You're listening to Kids First, coming attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. Today we are talking about some fantastic things, such as Cars 3, Transformers The Last Night. Also, Alyssa Knows What's Due Season 1, who is our sponsor for today. Hearing is Believing, My Resilient Heart, and we are going to be talking about holding on with Samantha right now. So I know that this is a terrific film once again. So what was your perspective about the film?
3: I had to say this was one of my favorite films because again, like most films, films are really good nowadays, but my favorite films are one that have such empowering messages. This one is about a 17 year old boy who has a mental illness And he's a star athlete. He receives so many scholarships. He's very intelligent. He's such a loving kid. And no one knows that he has it. He's keeping it to himself. And mental illness is something that I think we all really need to pay attention to. I know not a lot of people who have mental illnesses like to be expressive of them. But it was just really neat to see a film based on that. And the the director, Tamlin Hall, actually knew Holden. Um, he, this is based on a true story. So I think that's what made the film even better was that the story, He just made it come alive because it was so personal to him.
4: So th- this is based off of a true story. So is it a documentary or is it a movie or what z- genre is it specifically?
3: Um, it would be a documentary since it is a true story. Yeah, sorry about that.
4: So, what did you think about the style of the documentary? Because you said that there is many, there are many different styles of filming such documentaries.
3: Right. This one, um, I really liked how this one was filmed because, um, basically, while Holden is dealing with his mental illness, when something happens, for example, he was on the football field with one of his teammates. And they were practicing because they were practicing for one of their upcoming games. And he tackled one of the other teammates before the coach even said to start, which everyone was kind of thinking, you know, what are you doing? You know, that's kind of strange. And right when that happens, the camera cuts to what's actually, what he's actually thinking. It's like another scene. So throughout the film, anything that Holden does, you're never going to be lost because you're going to understand why he's doing it and what he what's going through his mind you know, you can hear like, I guess they're sort of like demons that are in his head telling him these things. And you can just see that through the film. So I thought that that was really amazing how he was able to capture what he's actually thinking.
4: Well, that's actually a very unique perspective as well. And I do enjoy that, that they're actually showing you that image. And so since there are many different scenes, what was your favorite scene? I think my favorite scene
3: is when him and his best friend, his name is Zinte, Holden's sister is, she's very popular, and she manages a lot of the games at the school, so what she wanted him to do was have him and his friend Zinte dress up as cheerleaders and cheer at the rally, and I think that that was really funny seeing um, them step out of their comfort zone and cheer in front of a bunch of people since they aren't cheerleaders, so I thought that was really neat.
4: And also, how did you think the acting was in this film? Because you said that it was a documentary, but did it like anything seem kind of off or was it all very realistic? I think it
3: was incredibly realistic. I really enjoyed how Holden, he's so humble. You know, looking at him, you would never think that he's going through anything and he's always so positive. And I feel like that's good and bad in the way that it's bad because no one's able to help him until towards more of the middle of the movie. And it's based over a period of two years, and seeing him from the beginning to end, you know, he still appears as the same person, but in his mind, he's grown up so much, and he's become a different person, even though it doesn't seem that
4: way. Well, it's always good to let people know that, that we're all different people, and that even though we seem that we're all different, the same on the outside we're all very unique on the inside and that we all need to have those differences and those quirks otherwise the place and the world would be a very boring place indeed what would the age range of this film be
3: i would think that the age range would probably be 13 to 18 um the only thing i would say maybe a little older teens because there is drug use and some guns involved um but it's not major. But I think that you know, if you are to watch it, if you are you know younger than thirteen, the message um, that we can help people who are struggling with mental illnesses, I think it's really important for kids to see that. And adults would, I think, they would enjoy it too because a mental illness, even though people that we know might not have it, we can still help. And being becoming aware of the effects of it was really important. And also, there's a nationwide movement going along with this. So anybody who wants to go to IAmHoldingOn.org, it's promoting helping mental illnesses through artistic expression. So that's why I think that all kids can see it, because there are ways to cope with it and to deal with it. So I think it, it was a really great film.
4: And also, how many stars would you give this film?
3: I would give it a five out of five stars, hands down, because I love a film that, just blows me away that the message the message is really unique. I've never seen a film you know with such a personal message to it. I don't watch that many films but this film was one of my favorites because um, it was such a it was such an empowering one. It was one that needed to be talked about and I'm glad that Tamlin Hall the director brought it to life because we all really need to know about mental illnesses.
4: Well, thank you so much for joining us. It's a pleasure talking to you once again. Thank you for having me and thank you so much for joining us as well those who are listening and you've been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions to watch our latest video reviews on new films and DVD releases and how you can learn to be a Kids First film critic go to www.kidsfirst.org be sure to check out our blog in the teen section of the Huffington Post this show is produced by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media on the Voice America Kids Network and today's show is sponsored by the wonderful Alyssa Knows What do season one. This is Morgan your Birch signing out on Kids First, where we tell your kids what to watch. by kids, not adults. Bye bye!
0: Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Now you know more about which movies are playing and can make an informed decision. Tune in again next week.